All right, my friends, welcome back. I'm the Zim. This is the Zim video for those that are on the YouTube channel. Otherwise, you might be listening to this on the audio only format. So we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. We're on all the audio only places um, as well. We finally got it linked up that way. This is called the Art Professors Podcast. I'm your host, the Zim or just Zim, whatever you want to call me. If you are listening to an audio only format, please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the channel. Thank you very much. I'm trying to grow that. That's the main priority. We want to get to 100,000 subscribers. So share the podcast via YouTube links. Um, tell people, subscribe to the channel. Let's grow it. Let's blow it up. Let's grow it up. You know what I'm saying? Um, how are we doing? This is what, episode 11? Thanks for joining again. Reminder, I'm currently a full-time art professor at Northwest Missouri State University. Previously, I was a part-time professor at San Diego State University. I got my MFA at San Diego State University and I got my BFA in fiber arts, actually, at the University of Washington. And my goal is to continue the journey of professorship by being a visiting faculty professor for the next few years. That's the goal. So I want to find another, hopefully, you know, usually, well, from my experience of last year, applying to jobs um, around the end of the school year into the summer is when you start seeing a lot of the visiting faculty positions pop up. So I'll be applying to those and we'll see where I end up next year. And yes, I am letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. Um, if I have any students listening, um, not many people know that I'm not really planning to be back at Northwest Missouri State next year, but I am starting to talk about it more um, with the current faculty. So the cat is out of the bag. So it's hard to talk about this conversation and not and be and try to skirt some of these ideas. But um, I'll save the full. Well, there's a lot of reasons why, but I'm going to the main reason why is because my goals is to continue exploring. That's the bottom line. I don't want to, I'm too old to be feeling like I want to just settle that, which is an ironic statement. I understand, but I want to explore more and I don't want to feel like I'm settling or trapped in a situation that I'm not 100%, thousand percent just stoked about. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're exploring. And so my goal, my desires is to keep exploring. And hey, if I don't end up with a teaching position next year, that's what the universe wants for me. And there's some reason for that. So I'll have to figure that out at the, as it, the time comes. But I believe I'll be able to find something. I think the, I don't know. We'll see what the universe wants for me because I know what I want for me. Um, and we'll see if the universe and myself's ideas align. Um, I am a little bit, so we're, this might be a long one today. We have a lot, so buckle in, strap in, buckle in, um, get comfortable. Maybe you're on your commute, maybe you're doing the dishes, maybe you're walking your dog, whatever you might be doing. Remember, if you are listening to the audio on YouTube, if you have YouTube Premium, you can just turn the screen off and just pop the phone in your, in your pocket um, or whatever, but if you don't just pop the phone in your pocket anyway. You don't have to be watching the screen. There is one thing I'm gonna show today, but I'll describe it for all of you as well. But I did just get back from um, St. Joe, which is a town about 40 minutes away from Maryville, where I'm living right now, um, to bring my car in for routine maintenance. It was due for routine maintenance, which cost me 
$870. And so I am now again, completely broke and it's October 6th and I just get paid. I got paid about a week ago. So I have what 25 days possibly around 25 days of no money to make it. And I'm, it's making me, I'm not, well, it's not entirely true, but it's close enough. Like right now, my, my, my accounts that I use for life are empty now. And I have that, like I've told you about already, I have that thousand dollars. I was able to pull off my first paycheck because of the moving expenses. That's in another account. And I, desperately don't want to have to touch that account. I actually want that account to grow and not go the opposite direction. But unfortunately, it seems like I'm going to have to take some of that out because it's going to cost me a couple hundred, at least a couple more hundred dollars of just food to make it through the, the remainder of this month. And yeah, luckily, all my bills are paid for the remainder of the month. Pretty much. I think my phone bill, I'll have to make sure that, yeah, I'll have to make sure there's money in my accounts for my phone bill because that's automatically withdrawn. So it's just like, honestly, I'm really, I can't tell frustration, anger. There's just a lot of emotions about the situation and it's starting to get colder. It's two days, about two days ago, last night, actually yesterday. So today's October 6th, yesterday, October 5th, there was a noticeable dip shift in temper in the weather and it's now getting crispy and brisk. And I was like, and I'd, I'm not prepared for the cold weather yet. I need to spend money on thermals, better jackets, better probably boots or something. There's just, and I just, I'm like, fuck, you know, it's like where it's like, it's just massively frustrating, massively. And I've talked more about, you'll have to revisit last podcast. Cause I did talk more about it there as well. Um, the financial situation about this process. So it's just part part of the part of the thing so as we go we'll have to check back on this emotion this feeling when i do learn more about the bigger picture of what it means to be an art professor than than the limited experiences i have right now but it just what it means for me right now is i gotta keep hustling the ability to make money outside of my salary and how am I going to do that? Hopefully, maybe if you're enjoying this podcast, you'll consider supporting it. I have Patreon. I have um, the YouTube channel has membership levels. Um, you can buy the artwork. The art that's super paramount. Which brings me to the next piece that I want to talk to you about is I actually did sell a piece of artwork, which is awesome. And I won't say the word unfortunate, but I'm going to say unfortunate. So I'm showing on the screen right now another one of my portraits by Zim that I did last year. What's the date on this one? 12-2-22. So I did it over a year ago. This is older. This is over a year. Um, we're on 23. No, it's not quite a year. It's, it's getting close to a year um, away from when I drew this. It's uh, Tumaj Sali. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. He's a Iranian rapper who was in prison. I'm not sure. Mm, I should look it up. He might not be alive anymore. Um, but this drawing was purchased by the same person that purchased the last one that I shared with you last week. Um, so that's awesome for $100 plus $10 shipping. However, the whole $100 is going to be donated because that's the agreement I made with these pieces. So I don't make any money off it. So I need people to buy the work that I actually can make money off of. Like if you are watching, there's the Billie Eilish triptych in the background. There are a bunch of other fig political figures involved with 
other ideas, human rights, and other things that I do get to make some money off of. Um, so please consider buying those ones. They're all available on my Etsy store. So that would make all the difference if somebody started, if I was able to sell more of my artwork. So consider it. Also, speaking of artwork, we I've been telling you about this goal of having um, an exhibition in Tennessee. Last weekend, I emailed a bunch of Tennessee venues really haven't got much response back yet got some people suggesting other video venues which was awesome so the goal here is to do something similar that i did with my katanji brown jackson series where i drew 116 drawings of katanji brown jackson um, in art produce gallery in san diego it was amazing it's done a lot for me um katanji brown jackson herself has three of the drawings it's it's cool it's amazing so i want to do the same kind of thing in tennessee and what I'm learning about what are the responses I'm getting back from people are some of the questions about venue size and what's needed. And honestly, there's no requirement because I will conform the exhibition to the venue. If I can't fit all the drawings on the wall space, then they'll be stacked and a few of them will be on walls or around me. I'm even considering if I could find a spot that will just let me be there consecutive days in a row it could just be somewhere i don't know but it's a lot to explain without questions from the people that i'm reaching out to like i mean i don't want to send like this super long email and i've already sent out a bunch of them so i'm not going to send out another one saying oh and by the way if i'm not getting a response anyway but the bottom line is it doesn't have to be like all the pictures are hung up. So if you know somebody in Tennessee, a venue, an institution, a business that'll let me, um, you know, basically do about a 15 day live stream in their space where I'm drawing portraits of uh, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson for, for 15 days, 72 drawings of Justin Jones and 69 drawings of Justin Pearson. Those numbers represent the amount of votes that were cast to expel them from their seats in their as their as representatives um which was an atrocity so yeah just trying to amplify their voices amplify their ideas and make some cool art doing it and trying to be part of this conversation of how do we make the world a better place i've learned my tagline in a sense i'm i'm, I'm discovering for myself is um i make art that amplifies important messages. That's the goal. Make I make art that amplifies important messages. That's the bottom line goal and my my kind of elevator pitch, my tagline is, as you could say. So, that's what's going on my week this week. So, the main topic, I should have said this earlier, but the main topic of today's show, which you'll probably see in the title, is my teaching philosophy or teaching philosophy in general. Hopefully we can have a conversation about it. Hopefully you will uh maybe write in the comments on the youtube um, video elements of your teaching philosophy what what you will put into your teaching philosophy a reminder this even this t show is titled the art professors podcast which the professors plural is you as well it's not the art professor apostrophe s me it's the art professors plural you and me having a conversation together. So hopefully we can get more art professors interacting with this podcast and sharing their experience. Next week, we actually have a guest that will be on the podcast, which I'm looking forward to that. I'll be recording it on Friday, so it might get published 
a little bit later but hopefully i'll probably just publish it the same night i record it because i'm good like that but um hopefully i don't know we're gonna have to see because i'm gonna zoom record it so we'll see how that how long zoom takes to process and download and blah 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 all that stuff um but we do have a guest so there will be an actual plural <laughs> to the po professor's podcast next week um what happened this week i'll update you with this week this week was my i, I it started off with um so i've told you maybe i've told you before I do individual meetings with all my students. So this was my individual meetings week with my students. And it's like perfect. I've learned this. I've done it at various times throughout the semester. And since I started teaching and this is perfect. The seventh, the, was it the sixth week? The sixth week, I'll probably make it like a sixth week, seventh week spot moving forward. Um, I've done it a little bit earlier before and it doesn't work out as well than later because i need to have enough experience with the students to kind of know what to talk about and it goes very like some of the students were sort of nervous because they didn't know what it was like they felt they had to prepare something or something but it's not about that at all it's about me getting to know the students better and if there is issues i can talk to the students that have that haven't been showing up, that have been turning work late, that maybe aren't doing noticeably not putting in a lot of effort in their work. So I'm able to talk to them specifically, but there's, you know, that's only like, I don't know, maybe a third of the students, if that, maybe 25% of the students have issues like that I need to talk about. But then the bulk of them, it's just like, hey, let's, you know, then, and then there's like another 25% that are like kicking but and i'm like i want to give i want to make i want to let them know i'm like i see you you're doing awesome what can i do to continue to support you and keep that fuel that whatever fire it is that ha you have right now let's keep it going and if i can support that but I, i'm there to support all my students but you know uh, i just want them to know that i see them and i'm like you are doing it right and keep working on it and then there's probably that that other 50 percent that's like just in the middle just doing their work learning kind of cool cool you know awesome people they're all awesome people so um it's just like you know and then i just get to know them talk to them see what they're doing check in with them um, but it's really a chance for me to just continue to get to know the students and then there's like within that whole group of 100 percent you know, there's probably about that another 25% uh, of students that are just like, why am I here? Why are you doing this? This is dumb. You know, it's kind of like, I don't care. You don't need to get to, you know, it's like kind of, you don't, this is, are you sure? I don't know. Maybe not quite. Maybe there was like 10% this year that, that was, I kind of got that vibe from that. They're just like, whatever, you know, it's like, okay, sure. I don't understand because there is still that contingent of students that, just want the teacher to teach them stuff and not talk to them and it's like that's not if you if that's the if that's the professor that you want i'm not gonna be that i'm never gonna be that and i'm just gonna have to live with getting the comments at the end of the semester zim tries to be too friendly or whatever zim tries to get to know you too much and stuff and it's like okay well and i just want somebody to teach me i don't want them to try to get to know me i don't want them to be friendly i don't want them to like you know whatever it is um, and there's always going to be 10% of the students or so that are that way. And they're just like, but that's not me. It's never going to be. And I don't care. I'm not going to change myself for that small contingent because the vast majority of students 
like my philosophy and the way I approach it and this casual attitude I have and getting to know them. And they told me that there was a handful, again, I'd say about 10% of the students that told me directly, like, you're doing amazing. This is awesome. I love your approach. I love the way it feels. It feels comfortable. It feels like we're learning stuff. It feels like you you're here to support us. One of the students made this comment. So at the beginning of the year, as I've told you, I do this, um, you know, community building at the very beginning of the year, which I'm going to talk about more in my teaching philosophy. But um, it's just like talk to each other. And one of the students asked me like, why am I here? And you know, I said, well, it's a paycheck. You know, I was like. I'm here to teach, to get, do a good job, you know, think, but sometimes, you know, it, when you phrase it, like it's just a paycheck kind of idea, it could be taken as I don't care and I'm just here for the paycheck, which isn't the case. I'm 100% dedicated to doing the best job possible and genuinely get to know all my students and do that. And this student said to me, like, that's not like the idea of just having a paycheck is not what you are. You are dedicated to this and we can feel it and we know it and it, it's so much more than just a paycheck to you and and, she, and they appreciated that um that i'm that way so um so that's what i did this week was my individual meetings and it turned out to be really beneficial because this this year in particular there's mm, i don't know if i should how how i should say this there was stuff that came up that was good to learn about i'll just put it that way and it didn't it didn't have to do with me specifically i mean i probably played a role in it but it wasn't about me um but it was like okay this is good information and so i'm hoping to be a conduit at least and maybe um it's known already but i'm i want to talk to others about what came up and see if something can be done about it and it's not a bad thing like it's not like a i don't know i just want to be I'll, I'll i'll remind me if those of you that get deep into this and follow along there's going to be a lot of stuff that i'll talk about further in depth later down the line um uh, but uh it's one of those things that i think is best just to be a little bit vague at this time um and uh bring it up later talk about it more in depth later but i'll be um Basically, I'm, I want to be a advocate for the students. That's the goal, to make sure them and future students are getting everything they need and want. Um, so I'll just put it like that. We'll just leave it at that. But I had a great time with the individual meetings. Um, it was great. One of my classes, <laughs> there was one class that was more of like, I just didn't have as much to talk to. Them. It was like, I was like, okay, well, you're doing good. So see you next year. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but most of, I'd say about, you know, 90% of all my conversations were full, full conversations took, I tried to do 15 minutes each student. Some, I asked some of my students to come outside of the class times. Um, and it was a variety. Normally I kind of do it and give the students kind of the day off only one of my classes. So two of my classes, I was able to do the individual meetings in one day. Um, I didn't have to space it out between two days. One of my classes, two, and then the other two of my classes were two day individual meetings. And w only one of my classes basically got, got to use it as an independent work day completely on their own, where the other class, I made them still come to class and work because 
I wanted to make sure they were working. So while I was doing the individual meetings, the, they were all in the classroom working and they were, and it was awesome. Um, just they were talking to each other, had the music playing and it was a good, good energy in the classroom. So that's what happened last week. What are we, we're getting into week eight now. Was that week seven? So that was week seven. We're getting into week eight. We're starting into week eight. All right, let's talk about teaching philosophy. So this is my teaching philosophy. I'm going to read the one that I wrote and then, um, and then I'm going to tell you what I'm planning, how I want to adjust it and what I'm, since I'm teaching more and I'm growing more as a professor, I want to talk, share what I'm learning about myself as a teacher and, and, and professor. So this is what I wrote. This is what I've been sending out to get this job. Oh, there's a typo there. I didn't even know. <laughs> well, this is good, but this will be interesting reading out loud because, you know, it's always good to read what you write out loud to see if it actually sounds good. So we're going to find out if this sounds good because I've never read it out loud. So teaching philosophy, what I have found to be the most important aspect of my teaching philosophy is building a community with my students. As social practice in the art world is an increasingly more important way of thinking, I bring a social practice consciousness to my classroom. I'll, I'll come back and talk about that in a little bit. Imagine the community is a bubble. Nestled in the center of the bubble is the subject of the class. I believe by building a strong community and relationship with my students and facilitating opportunities for the students to build relationships with each other, it provides a fertile environment for learning. Feels like a run on sentence, but that's okay. Building the community means the students are seen and heard. It allows the students opportunities to get to know each other. By, by prioritizing community within the, the small group of students that I work with it allows my students access to one of the most important aspects of going to a university for their education which is the greater university community this is done by creating a gateway a safe environment for them to grow explore and expand the people that they meet and the relationships that they build while at university will be a valuable asset they can retain for the rest of their lives so i read this before i went started recording and I realized I need to rework that paragraph because the idea of it is my small community gives the students, gives some students that need it a safe environment to then maybe feel more comfortable with the larger university environment. If that's something that comes up to them, especially for students that possibly aren't living in dorms or depending on the type of school it is, maybe not so much here in Maryville because it's so small and, everybody's in dorms whereas a lot of like san diego state you had just a lot of students coming from home and going to classes and maybe not engaging with the university community or you know so there's there's that one of the fundamental techniques i use to establish community is to start the first day of classes with opportunities for conversation and for the students to share about themselves and each other some professors like to start their first class with describing the class and work that will be done as their leading conversation I like my first conversations to be about getting to know each other. The emphasis to the students, this emphasizes to the students that the community we build together is important during their time in the class. I reinforce this with the language I use with my class. I remind them that community is a foundational element to my class. Although I am facilitating the learning environment, students learn just as much and often more from each other. Having a strong community will help them see what they can learn from each other. I'll come back to that. Another important element to my teaching philosophy is to change up the environment. I have been fortunate teaching in Southern California 
where the weather is often warm and dry so I can take my students outside for classes. This works particularly well when I'm teaching drawing classes. As an art teacher, I believe it is my duty to expand my students' relationship with learning. Since most of their classes are held inside sitting, held inside sitting in chairs, working at desks, I believe breaking up that routine as often as I can will help them not only better be better artists, but also better students. I believe it's my job as an art teacher to not just guide my students to be better artists, but also, and more importantly, guide them to be better humans. It, I take it as my responsibility to teach my students how to think and consider the world and what is around them. It is my goal to truly understand and care for the students that I have the privilege of teaching. So that's my teaching philosophy at the moment. What I also wrote down, so I wrote down a list of things. I'm just gonna read them off. So community that we already, obviously, like the bulk of this was um, about community. Learning by teaching and doing. This is something that I've um, started to really settle into more with my own teaching practice. It's like, I don't have it written in here, so I'm gonna have to add this into this, my teaching philosophy, but I really want to find ways like to make the students the teachers you know teach it you know they say the best one of the best ways to learn is to teach right you know and so i want that to be a foundational element of my classes and that's what i'm doing and that's what i found i did last year um with with some of my classes and i'm continuing to do this year um just have the students do the research and teach the idea and then together we can fix it if it needs to be fixed but there ever all the information is out there especially with art i mean there's nothing that's s hidden you know from anybody so they can just research the idea and present their findings um and then we can talk more about it as a class but yeah Inter and this this goes into this next thing i said interacting with principles versus memorizing so the teaching allows them to interact with the principals, but also making sure I'd rather them, um, I don't ever plan to do anything that requires my students to memorize a list of vocabulary. I'd much rather them take that list of vocabulary and do something that interacts with it. So do a presentation, do some kind of, I don't know, skit or some kind of game or something that they create using these topics and we interact with it versus just memorizing it. So I'll never do standardized type of memorization with my students. And that's a philosophy. If if I ever get confronted on that, we'll see. And I'll, I'll report back to you if some institution is like, no, you have to do it this way. And I'll be like, well, okay, but I don't agree. You know, it's like, especially nowadays with, so I'm, so there are still a lot of, people that have the philosophy of putting technology away and i'm like no don't put your technology away use it to 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 answer these questions use it to engage with use it but now i'm re requiring you to interact with the concept you know but i think a lot of people still want people to put technology away because they they feel like they need their students to memorize stuff i'm like no you don't need to memorize it if you will start to just internalize things that are important to you so through your four years of art education you will internalize the design principles and these concepts because you'll be talking about them all the time i do not need you to try to memorize them in one semester because that's not 
it's not going to do anything to grow you as I'd much rather you do what the next thing I have on my list is expression. I'd much rather you be expressive with this, these ideas than memorizing them in a technical way, you know, be, be expressive with the ideas. I don't know why I wrote expression down, but maybe that's so like some people write their teaching philosophy more broadly, like mine's pretty broad about the general idea of teaching, but some people write specifically about a particular type of classroom. Like I do have this one section where I talk about drawing classes and going outside um, if, as possible. So sometimes it's, you can put nuggets about per particular types of things I'm teaching. Like if my goal is to teach foundation courses, I think, which I'm going to talk about more in a little bit, that's probably why I wrote that is because I believe adding expression into the foundational element is important. Um, where I think a lot of professors can get caught up in this kind of, I'd say old school way of thinking about art and being very technical. And there's another word I'm thinking of, but I can't remember. Um, there's another word that kind of is appropriate for this idea. Oh, well, it's not here. I'm not, I'm not finding it, but, uh, uh form, not that form's not the right word either, but, um, process. I don't know. There's, not process isn't the right word. God darn it. But anyways, there's a word I'm looking for. Um, and then for me, I don't know if, so this is part of my teaching philosophy, but I don't know how I would add it in necessarily to my writing of my teaching philosophy, but presentation versus writing. So I'm dyslexic. I have no desire to read people's writings. I won't be able to support them in that. There's no, I won't be able to support them. You know, having to read, I, maybe I can catch some things, but I'm just not writing as a editor is not my strength. And so I don't like, I won't be able to offer um, valuable feedback to my students if I require them to write. Um, so I'm assuming that they'll have plenty of opportunities to write in other classes. And for my classes, I use that, what would what would fulfill the requirement of writing, I use it in the form of presentations. I make them, again, kind of go back to the interaction with the idea versus something else. And so I make them research. They still have to do the research. They still have to do that. They And then they have to present it, which allows them to talk and learn to get up in front of people and, and talk about their work, other people's work, and so, which is a, still an invaluable, a valuable part of being an art student is you need to be able to defend your ideas. You need to be able to talk about your ideas. You need to be able to get up in front of people. You can't be shy, especially like, and I don't know if this would fit in my teaching philosophy particularly, but I do have a philosophy about taking art at a university. It means that you're researching and talking about it and having discourse around it. It's because there are places you can take art and just make it and try and sometimes maybe the um the philosophy is the art should speak for itself but i don't think that's the plate i don't think a university is the place for that kind of philosophy the university is a place to research talk and have discourse around your work and other work and then i did mention this next point in the writing i have already but i said learning from each other versus learning from me super important and I think I want to stress it even more, maybe have it come to the beginning, because I think it, I wrote it down in the kind of like the 
the end closer to the end i don't know maybe it's in the middle i don't know where i wrote it but it's it's very very important to me to stress the idea that they're going to learn more from each other so that's why it's so important that people show up to class you know they talk to each not only would they talk to each other but just sharing the work you know you the way it should work is you should be looking at other work and seeing how that relates to what you're doing and so when we're talking about their work you're going oh i did that too or oh i'll do that now because it inspired but like there's a lot that should happen you shouldn't just be waiting for like during a critique like your your brain should not be shut off until it's the time that we're looking at your work your brain should be on the whole time going how is what we're talking about other people's work relating to what i'm going to be sharing what i want to share what i want to build in the future what like it's all so making sure and then so that's a big part of them learning from each other is when you see each other they see each other's work they get a chance to grow and learn from each other and then we could talk about principles and ideas that will relate to everybody so that's a big part of it and then just like the one-to-one relationship of it where if somebody in the class is more proficient in an idea go talk to them and go hey can i learn from you directly can you can you show me how to do this um, which has been happening a little bit this year it's happened before my previous classes i have this kind of concept of you know in in part of the world maybe when you get out of art school when you get out of my classes maybe but art school in general maybe you do want to be precious about your own ideas maybe you want to be cautious about what you take from other people and how you do it but in my classroom you're you can't be precious about your own ideas you have to share them and allow people to take them and you should be willing to steal from other people in the classroom in a sense i tell my students like if somebody has a good idea in this classroom and you all want to basically do a similar idea do it because <laughs> that's what you're going to need to do when you're out there anyway you're going to need to be inspired and influenced by other artists and people so now do it in a safe environment and get the practice because at least you're practicing the take the seeing ideas that inspire you and applying them to a piece of artwork you're practicing that um, and so don't be precious don't be jealous don't be envious don't be whatever if, if somebody if you notice somebody's making work like your work go like cool you were inspired by me awesome not why are you doing it like me you know it's like i say this kind of analogy of like you know sometimes people get awkward when you order the same food at a restaurant that somebody else did and they're like why do you order the same thing it's like no this is everyone's allowed to order the same piece of food everybody's going to experience it slightly different so that's allowed to happen in my classroom so that's a big part of my teaching philosophy as well i'll have to try to figure out how to i think incorporate that more into my um writing i think my writing so all this like i could probably write three pages but i really want to keep it to a page i've you know i think it's pretty um important to do keep it short because when you're applying to things they don't want to read a lot they just want to like skim it and see it so the last and then the last part that um is important to my teaching philosophy is the mind body aspect of it so one of the things that we do in my classroom is do some form of mind body exercise before we start our lessons or or whatever our just class time classroom experience our studio time in the classroom so we'll either do a set of breathing like um do three rounds of deep breaths or we'll do some stretching 
little bit of body movement. But what I like about it is it's important. So for me, it establishes that you can't forget about this stuff when you're working. You know, you can't forget to get up and stretch and give yourself breaks, things like that. But it also really, I really feel like, especially when we do the breathing part, for me, it really sets a, can't think of the right word. It really sets like a delineation between everything else that's happening. And now it's time to be present to this space. Um, it's like, it really like, it's not just like running around then height. It's like running around and just like getting into the work and like, I'm throwing lessons at them. And it's just like, it's like, all right, pause everybody. You're here now. Let's all pause. Take a few deep breaths. Now we're ready to start this class. It, and it sets a separation from everything else they possibly doing in the day or other classes. So that's an important part of um, important part of it. So that is my teaching. So that is, that's my teaching philosophy. Um, kind of like I'm gonna have to re. I think I'm definitely gonna be rewriting it before I uh, apply to other positions. Um, kind of working in more. Maybe I'll re-listen to this. I will listen to this because I listen to all my podcasts. Um, and I'll hear myself talk about it and figure out how to then rewrite some of this stuff. Um, I wanted to touch, did I want to, so let me let me just review this writing real quick. What I found is important to social practice. Okay, so I wanted to address some of the things I wrote in that I actually have written. So that first line or the second line where I said, as social practice in the art world is an increasingly more important part of way of thinking. And I bring a socialist practice as conscious in my classroom. That is honestly like a, what's the word I'm looking for? Not an Easter egg so much, but like a name drop kind of idea of what contemporary art philosophies are right now is more um, this. This is one of the more contemporary art philosophies. So I wanted to, to, like um affect infect i guess of effect infect my you know the reader with oh they are aware of contemporary art philosophies whether how much i actually do do uh <laughs> social practice like what does that mean entirely you know i'm not even sure what social practice means in the art world but there is this element of it that I think is true to the way that I think and, and teach. Cause I definitely, cause again, going back to just my philosophy as an artist, like I don't separate, like my classroom is a piece of artwork for me. This conversation, this podcast is a piece of artwork. This conversation we're having, like everything I do is a part of my artistic process. So that's very social practice in a way. And social practice also is usually about making a better community you know and that's what i believe i'm trying to do with my work too my classroom is make us a better community um it's very rare that somebody that calls themselves social practice i don't think it's ever considered social practice if the if the artwork is intended to tear things down or make people feel bad or do something like that social practice tends to always have the desire to make the world a better place. Um, this seems to me, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, 
So that was that first sentence or paragraph building communities. Okay. The second paragraph I need to rework. I, I, I did break that down while I was reading it. The third paragraph, one of the fundamental techniques I use to establish community. Um, we talked about the kind of icebreaker kind of idea. Um, <clears throat> and then reinforcing the language uh, something I do, like I just say it, you know, it's like that speak it into existence idea is kind of, part of how I do this. It's like, well, how do you create community? I just tell them all the time, we are a community. You know, it's like, you know, whether or not they believe it and how long it takes them to believe it. I'm like, we are a community. We're doing this. We are going, we're going to support each other. It's what I, so every week, practically, I say we are a community. I don't let it not be a, a present thought process with them. And, and then eventually, hopefully they start to feel it. And I think they are. Um, Another important element is teaching philosophy's environment change. So I need to do better with this. This year, I haven't been as, it hasn't been as easy for me to find ways to just leave the classroom. Um, I did one of my classes. I was able to send the class out and they said they had a really good time with getting out of the classroom, working together outside of the classroom. So, and then I allow my students to leave the classroom for certain parts. If they if they're working on a group project, they don't have to stay in the classroom to work on their group project. They can go somewhere else and work together. I'm totally cool with that. Um, but um, but I haven't done a found good. Uh, I haven't found ways to do this more with the current classes that I'm teaching this this semester. So I have to work on that. Um, and then the last paragraph pretty much stands on its own, but it's this idea that it's really about art in general is really about making better humans than it is to making better artists. Cause it's what we do. We philosophize, we think we consider, we, we, in, we take in what is happening in the world and we react to it. And it's how can you not just grow and be a better human being when you start to empathize with the world? So that's just a big part of it. So that is, that's the teaching philosophy part. I hope I hear from some people, some reactions about my thoughts, and I wanna hear some of how you um, put together your teaching philosophy. I wanted to add to, so we've talked about this before, but so my goal again is like, I would love, I think, I think what, what I think I know about myself is I would love to be a foundations, like specialist in a way, like drawing 2D and 3D foundations and there's a thing, there's what I feel like I'm starting to understand about the foundation courses. So I said, this is what we know up to this date, recap, drawing 2D, 3D, pretty standard in most institutions to have those as your foundations. I think there should be a fourth, which is computer literacy, basically the Adobe Creative Cloud software. Every single art student should have to go through just your basic comfort of understanding the programs and get a really good step-by-step -step tutorial, hands-on, make things in a computer idea. Um, and that would accomplish a lot for a lot of students. Those that decide to go on the graphic design route, they have that really solid foundation because in both of my institutions that I've been in, San Diego State and Northwest Missouri State University, are not doing a good enough enough job making sure their students understand those programs before they start teaching them in certain classes um, what like things they need to do in those programs so um, that that's super important and so that so there there's that what are those foundations then within within those foundations 
I think sometimes it can get, I think we're evolving as artists, as societies that what's important and how you teach it like this, there's the word that I've lost before shit would fit in here as well. But, um, I'll just use technical as a way to describe it, but there's another word. I know there's another word that I can't, can't seem to find right now, but there's, um, it can get too focused on the technical technical aspect of it and you're you're not allowing the students to uh express their own creativity in this foundation level and it makes it so they feel like they're not good enough or they can't because you're viewing it through the lens that's outdated in my opinion if you're viewing it through the lens of how precise a student can do a concept then you're viewing it through the wrong lens anymore some students will get it some students won't but if you're nurturing their creativity that's what's most important if you're nurturing them to be able to find how they express ideas they may understand one principle better than another principle they may be better with uh describing contrast than they are describing perspective you know they may be better whatever there's i mean there's just so many things so don't i i i have a hard time if some professor is teaching it where you need to show ultimate proficiency in every, uh, you know, kind of principle. I think you're, I think, and then if you, then if you should make that student feel bad if they're not um, creating the ultimate proficiency, that's just a detriment because art doesn't exist that way. And I think we've learned by now that that's, we don't need, I mean, especially going to social practice as a, a form of art, performance as part of art, like how people express isn't going to fit into a box. And so finding that balance, between, of course, you want them to be exposed to ideas, kind of traditional ideas to try technical ideas. But to, I don't think you can hold them to a standard of, of creating it in a way that might have at one time been seen as like if you don't do this you can never be an artist kind of way of thinking so that's important so making sure that you in like you 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 talk about these foundational fundamental principle type ideas but you're not forgetting that expression is an important piece and i'm, I'm actually taking a workshop right now with um the school and we're talking about that bloom's taxonomy which is like this kind of teaching uh sort of it's about i don't know how to, i'm still learning about it myself but essentially the idea one of the ideas that came up in the last workshop was you know giving students the autonomy to feel like to feel um like they're learning in a way i I don't have it in front of me. I need to, I would need to read this off to say what, um, exactly how it is. But part of it is you give the students some autonomy and sometimes with foundational things, you just tell them what to do and you don't give them a chance to interpret it the way that they want to. And I'm thankful that my classes are, and I've always been kind of that way. I've always been like the interpretation is more important. It's like, use the principle but interpret it how you want versus do it the way that i tell you to do it or the way the example is um so anyways 
so I'm not off the mark, <laughs> I guess is what I'm trying to say. There are philosophies growing in the educational sphere where my way of approaching it is a good way to, to approach it. All right. The other thing is I really feel like planting the seeds of knowing your influences early is important. Like it wasn't stressed to me as I was growing going up through my foundation level, like we didn't talk anything about other artists in my foundation level. And I think that's an important thing to start to, to make sure that's implemented. And maybe even, you know, maybe some schools do that. Some schools don't. Um, we just had our first year, like our all student um, kind of expectation assembly um, last week. And it was actually kind of brought up this kind of philosophy of knowing your influences in a way um, and so I'm like, okay, good. I'm already kind of talking about this. And this school kind of has that philosophy, whether they do it in their foundations or how they, how other professors bring it on and how they interact with that concept. I don't know. But for me, I think it's worth bringing it into the equation right at the beginning, like, you know, find things that influence you, um, research some you know historically important kind of artists as well but just at least start having that conversation of allow yourself to be like finding out why you do what you do by um connecting it to people that influence you artistic ideas that influence you so that's an important element of the foundations for me as well so adding to this and i'm sure maybe we'll keep talking about this kind of concept of specific art philosophies as we go so i'd love to hear yours there's a couple things i want to end on and i might actually put this at the beginning um no we'll just end on this i'll just leave it at the end student loans so i i have i'm about seventy thousand dollars in debt for my under or my graduate student i think it's only graduate student i think my undergraduate my money disappeared is like I don't know. I owed about 10,000. Maybe it's in there too. I owed about $10,000 still when I started graduate school. And now I'm up to $70,000 that I owe. Before I was planning to start paying it um, at the beginning of this month, October, we're supposed to be pay starting to pay back our student loans after all the pandemic stuff and all the stuff that's been going on with our government and everything. And all my loans are through, you know, the government they're no i don't have any private loans they're all whatever loans they are through student aid and stuff like that fafsa and all that stuff um and so when i logged in to this new telnet or whatever it's called that i i used to be on great lakes was a place that held my loans and now it got kind of bought out or transferred to this place called telnet i think or something like that and um i can look at it right here actually yeah Nell Nellnet, whatever that means. Anyways, Nellnet is the where I my the website for my student loans are. And about a couple of weeks ago, I was preparing to play them. I I logged into my account. It said I would owe like thirty five dollars, and I was like, oh, okay, I could handle that. You know, maybe there's whatever's going on with the with student loans and all that stuff. They made it like, oh yeah, we're just not going to expect students to pay back a lot or whatever like they looked at my account my history or whatever and they were like this guy probably can owe 35 dollars a month for a while whatever you know it's like i was like okay cool i could do that no problem i got paid last week i meant to actually talk about this last week i got paid last week 
and I logged in and it said I owed like $700 my first payment and was like, no way am I going to be able to do that? I was just like, no way. There's no way. You already heard me at the beginning of this podcast talk about money situation. There's no way, no way. So luckily in a way, I don't know where it stands right now, but I went, I kind of dug around the website and, and clicked the income based repayment. And they said, based on your last, you know, like, you know, gross adjusted gross income from your last tax return, essentially, you know, you can, and I knew, I know I didn't like, haven't been making any money for the last few years, really. I made 14, my adjusted gross income last year was like $14,000. So I was like, all right, let me throw that in. And it said, I owe zero, you know, it, like it went to zero, but it was just in like the, the projected amount. And then they have to process it and determine whether I qualify or something, you know, so I don't know what's going on. But the bottom line right now is like, there's no way I can afford, I can't afford like $100 a month, let alone $700. So I don't know what they expect. So hopefully nothing dramatic comes of it or something, but I just wanted to let you know what's going on there with that. The other thing I wanted to mention is I need some magic. I meant to mention this earlier, but I'm, I need some magic um, to happen. And it kind of plays into the something has to, I need something to happen. That's like a significant feeling of forward progress. Cause right now between kind of, I don't know, I'm just going to be vague, but the surrounding circumstances, money included, it's just, I'm just dragging. I'm uninspired. I'm, you know, it's like, I don't, haven't been able to spend enough time on my actual making artwork. There's just a lot going on that it's just, I just feel very, very dis discouraged right now. And I'm hoping that some magic will happen. Um, and mainly it's just like, that could happen in a lot of ways. Obviously the best way it could happen is I sell a bunch of like my Katans, I get some response back from my Katanji Brown Jackson series and somebody's like, hey, we want to have that at our institution. We'll buy it off of you. Here's 20 grand or 10 grand or whatever they, they agree to. Uh, and something like that would be, that would be like the top of the mountain. Awesome. But some other things like my subscriber count on my YouTube channel going up more regularly, um, even something with these podcasts, significant happen. Something just like, like, a, you know, okay, there's one thing that might be happening that could, would, would qualify for this if it worked out. Um, so the same instant, the same people, person, I should say, I guess, or whatever, I don't know how to describe it totally. The person that's bought the um, human rights drawings, the Iran drawings that I've been doing, um, the Iran, Iran figures, um, they, are trying to get me in touch with an institution in San Diego that's gonna do a, like a fundraiser and they might fly me out to San Diego to do like a performative drawing for this fundraiser thing. And so if that happened, that would qualify. Like, you know, fly me out, have me do something, get me, like I could put it on my like CV as like the performance, this, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, philanthropic kind of performative kind of make using my art to make the world a better place kind of idea um to to amplify important messages um so that would qualify so fingers crossed that maybe something like that comes up and the timing of it works out and they actually do it but yeah some some kind of magic i'm i'm, I'm desperate for something positive that feels good um 
and I'm hoping it will happen, but just cross your fingers. So, but in the meantime, thanks for the support. Those of you that made it this far, we are, this, this podcast will end up being almost an hour. So appreciate that perfect length for a podcast. Um, 40 minutes to an hour is what I shoot for. And we hit an hour this week. So as always, my friends, subscribe to the channel, share it with people, tell people what's going on. And so, you know, support if you can, Patreon, super chats, super stickers, super thanks on YouTube, um, YouTube memberships, uh, all the things. Uh, you can buy the artwork, you can donate directly through PayPal, Venmo, those types of places. And as always, be loving, kind, and patient, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Peace, my friends.